We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Field of 68. Field of 68 till I die. You got somebody, hey, Jeff, shut up. No. I'm sorry, man. I'm blacked out for a second. <laughs> this is Coach Bruce Pearl. I love the Field of 68. I listen to it all the time. This is Duke head coach John Shire. Check out Field of 68 After Dark. This is Xavier head coach Sean Miller. I highly encourage you to take a look at After Dark, led by the one and only John Fanta. Now listen to you guys every morning when I'm getting ready. From the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid-majors. This is Field of 68 After Dark. It's the Field of 68 After Dark Tuesday, February 28th. You know what that means. Tomorrow is the first day of March. It's a beautiful thing to say out loud, ladies and gentlemen. The madness is almost upon us, and we certainly had some madness in the sport of college basketball tonight. Some surprising quote-unquote upsets, some teams at the top of the rankings playing to their ceiling tonight, and we are going to break it all down for you. My name is Greg Waddell. We got Coach Chris Mack with us tonight. We got Randolph Childress here with us tonight. Gentlemen, how we doing? RC, you look good as always. You doing well? Trying, man. I can't complain. Love it. Coach, how about you? Can't complain, Greg. Appreciate uh, being here tonight, man. Great night of college basketball. <laughs> There's a lot to get to, gentlemen, so we'll get right into it in just a moment. As always, we are brought to you by Bet Rivers. We are live on Sirius XM Channel 84. Uh, you can watch us on the Field of 68 YouTube channel as well. Throw us a like if you are there. Get in the comments section. We will answer your questions every single commercial break and after the show as well on the afters. Tonight, we're going to talk a big game in the Big 12, Texas Tech desperately trying to play their way into the NCAA tournament field. We're going to talk about Tennessee's dominance at home and a key injury that the volunteers suffered. We're going to make our way to the big East where we had a couple critical games as well for teams trying to fight their way into the tournament picture onto the bubble. But first we're going to start in my country. We're going to start in the big 10 where the Indiana Hoosiers, the team that, I think most people on this network that I've heard from in the last seven days have said is the one Big Ten team most likely to make a run in March just laid a giant egg at home in Assembly Hall, uh, an emotional downswing, you could say, from the highs of beating their rival Purdue to tonight a 90-68 to loss and a game that, honestly, guys, they were not really ever in. I mean, the first half, they – kind of hung around around a 10 point deficit but the second half man Iowa jumped on them right away 
And this thing got uglier before it got pretty. So let's go to you first, Chris Mack. What'd you make of the Hoosiers performance tonight? Was this about them just not showing up or was this about Iowa really coming and playing to their ceiling? Well, it was bad, you know, make no mistake. You hear, uh, you know, coach after the game, I mean, he was, he was livid, you know, coach Woodson did not like the way that they played, obviously. Um, you know, I started to think about it and you have a team that, that's coming off an emotional victory at Purdue. You know, it's the first time they swept them since, you know, who knows when. And, and then I start to think, well, you know what? <laughs> Iowa just won a, an overtime game against Michigan State that was, you know, the, the, the talk of the town with Fran doing the stare down. So it's like you have two teams coming off very emotional wins. Um, to, to me, the way Iowa played on offense in the first half just absolutely ruined any chances that Indiana had. You know, I think a lot of times when I watch IU play, it's like, hey, how are teams going to guard Trace Jackson? They're going to double him on the catch, on the post dribble. What are they going to do when he's facing the basket against their big guy? And to me, that that didn't even matter because Iowa's offense was carving up Indiana so bad that at one point it's 15, 20-point game, and it's who cares really how you guard Trace Jackson Davis, and they never got back in the game. I just thought it was it's one of those you just throw the tape away. I, I thought Purdue had a hangover. It was it's a Purdue, it's a Purdue win hangover for Indiana. You know, you win that game, you're cruising along, reading your press clippings a little bit. They just didn't show up. I, I mean, that's just, you know, there's no other way to add to that, Chris. I mean, you're right. They just didn't show up. I thought they got whatever they wanted. There was little resistance. They tried to make a little run to get back in it, but they didn't go out worth a damn and they got they paid for it. I mean, they got I me, mean, I would just Open shot, they shot over fifty percent from the floor. From I me, mean, from from two and from three, I mean, little resistance at all. I, I I thought it was it was disappointing. You know, particularly at home, you didn't expect that yeah. type of effort at home. I think that's where we're like, wow. Like if he was on the road and this happened, you just chalk it up. But that's right. that's a really disappointing game to lose at home. And and I've been a big proponent uh, of Indiana. I mean, I, I think that. You know, we talked a few shows ago, Randolph, about, yeah. you know, could Trace Jackson Davis actually be Big Ten Player of the Year? And people yeah. were, you know, like they were getting mad at me on social media and said, <laughs> hey, you got you to see how those two teams battle against each other. And IU ends up sweeping them. And, you know, for them, to, to me, it, it, it's a cause for concern. I hear you burn the tape. Yeah, you're not worried about one game. But, like, I don't think the elite teams, the teams that have a chance to go to a Final Four, win a national championship, are going to have a home game like that. I, I could be wrong. You know, many teams have rebounded in the past. But I, I didn't like that performance at all. There, there was no readiness. There was no fight. Iowa did whatever they wanted, especially in the first half. Tony Perkins was incredible. Um, you know, Murray's always going to be good. But I, I thought Perkins – I mean, he was. I thought he was the best player on the floor tonight. Yeah, he was. He was great. He was great for sure. Yeah, Iowa's a team that you don't need to make it easy on them for them to have a crazy offensive performance. But when you do make it easy on them, this is the type of result you can see. And I thought there were a lot of guys on the Indiana defense that uh, just looked out of energy. And I don't know whether yeah. that was just emotional or what. I mean, they were leaving guys. Malik Renew, especially, just kept leaving Peyton Sanford open. Like, you can't give that guy an inch of space. And he was doing it repeatedly. That's why we were so high on Indiana. We were like, man, this team is starting to guard. They're better defensively. And that just wasn't the case tonight. They that Their defense didn't step off the bus. You know, yeah, well, in the gym, rather. One of the things that's really unique about Iowa 
is, you know, Randolph, you know this, every, everybody's setting ball screens in today's game. It's handoffs, it's roll the big, it's who sucks in, you kick out, play off the closeout, you know, all that stuff. And Iowa's very, very old school in their approach. You know, there are some ball screens, but very few. You know, guys are constantly in motion. It isn't, hey, let's stand in the corners and see who helps in and, and, and shoot the ball. Those guys are constantly screening away, curl cutting, slipping screens. It's hard to guard, especially because teams don't see that every day. You know, we did 100 years ago when we played. That's all you played against. But it's it's really unique, and it's still working for Fran in 2023, and it gave Indiana a really rough way to go tonight. I am pretty intrigued by how this Indiana team will now respond to this performance. I would expect them to get back up and have a good showing. Their senior night uh, is this weekend against Michigan. Michigan certainly needs that. That's going to be a desperate team that comes to Assembly Hall. But it's interesting because I thought Robbie Hummel astutely pointed out on the broadcast tonight the difference in body language between Iowa when they were down 15 points against Michigan State over the weekend and just the way they were running action and the energy and the focus and the communication. Like it was never not there, even when they were kind of getting it handed to them at home. Ultimately, they made the crazy comeback. That's one in a million. But it never felt like that was there for Indiana tonight. Like it felt like once they took that second punch from Iowa early in the second half, there was a lot of guys just kind of flat footed looking around like, oh, this is going to happen, isn't it? And I mean, I've I've pointed out before, I'm a Big Ten guy going back through guys careers. I mean, anybody who's a veteran on this Indiana team, they've never really been a part of a team that's been more successful than this year's version Tonight reminded me of old versions. So it'll be very interesting to see if they can snap out of this before we get into postseason play. Uh, I want to ask you guys one more question on Indiana. And then we actually got a, a great interview with Jeff Goodman with a, a certain Hawkeye that I'll <laughs> announce in just a moment. But um, tonight, the one guy who did show up for me for Indiana was TJD. I mean, he stuffed the stat sheet as he always does 26, 13, and five. There were concerns, some buzz that maybe he was a little hobbled after the Purdue game. I mean, he wasn't scoring too much. Didn't look that way tonight. Um, do you guys think, like, is this something that concerns you about the Indiana roster where, like, TJD can have a night like he did tonight and there might just not be enough guys around him that can step up? Huchifino didn't have his best night, but, I mean, it's really those two stars and then a lot of role player types. Does that concern you before you get to postseason play, Chris? No, I don't. I don't think it necessarily concerns me. I think he's he's super talented. You know, he has he's had nights where he's carried a team, and those other guys have have pulled their load as well. I, I think what concerns me is what Randolph talked about, and that is just the the lack of intensity on defense tonight. And you know, you would think as they're going down the stretch, whether it's Michigan at home on Senior Night, whether it's the Big Ten Conference Tournament, ultimately the NCAA tournament, that the intensity switch wouldn't need to be uh, in question. But, you know, that that certainly was tonight. But in terms of firepower on offense, yeah, they may not be, you know, Arizona. They may not be, uh, you know, Kansas, but they can score. They have to they have to defend. RC, you want to chime in on that at all real quick? No, I, I agree. I mean, we talked about it. They, they got to guard it. And I think the only X factor would be does Xavier, does Xavier Johnson come back? And if he right. does, in what way? Yep. Not I don't know anything. You know, I've heard he's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming right, back. Right. Are they sandbagging to get a better seed in the NCAA tournament? Um, <laughs> you know, don't don't put it past any team, not Indiana, any team to do that. 
Yeah, the comment that I heard today was he was not ruled out for the Michigan game this weekend, but he was ruled out last minute for this game. That seems to be a consistent theme. Uh, all right, I teased it quickly. Our own Jeff Goodman got to sit down tonight with the winning coach tonight, Fran McCaffrey. He's made headlines this week for the stare heard around the world. Let's go to our interview that Jeff got with Fran. Now pleased to bring on Fran McCaffrey. After a huge win in Bloomington that ruined Talia Goodman's night. She was up there in the nosebleeds, Fran, and I think she left early. She called me with about three minutes left, and it sounded like she was in her dorm room because there was no noise because you had emptied out the building. She she was wearing Hawkeye gear. I saw her. <laughs> hey, for she the was, 50 grand I'm paying. She was, she was rooting for the Hawks. Listen, she might as well have been because you guys were dominant from start to finish. You have not been a great road team this year, right? Well, what, what, what's interesting is, you know, I would tell you this, Jeff. I, we've played hard on the road, yeah. and we haven't played horrible defense. We haven't shot it well on the road. right? You know, we, we made 13 threes today. You make 13 threes, you're probably going to win. I don't care who you play, where you play them. You know, I mean, unless they make 10, uh, and they didn't shoot it well tonight. And they've been shooting the ball. They've been shooting the ball extremely well. So a lot of times you just look at that number. Okay, how many threes do they make? How many threes do we make? Okay, there's a difference. So it's been a crazy stretch for you here. I mean, the Michigan State, that last minute was about as crazy as that any. That was great coaching, by the way. Great coaching, is that what you that said? great coaching. <laughs> So I'm not making five threes in like 32 seconds. Listen, I had to do with that, Jeff. Nothing it had nothing. I pointed two words. All right, two words changed that game in your whole season. The Fran stare. Well, you know, I I, I knew if I said one more word, I was going to get tossed. <laughs> so I couldn't say anything, and I wanted everybody to know that I was still engaged, which I was. Uh, hung in there with the guys, and they just kept coming. They executed. We ran some late-game stuff. It worked. Yeah. Some of it, as you know, some of the most brilliant stuff that we run never works because, you know, they they have a scouting report too, and they, and they took us out of some stuff. Now somebody's got to make a play. And I think that's what I was most proud of. The guys just made plays. Big offense to rebound by Patrick, kick out to Chris. When he missed the first one, made the second one. We don't win the game without that offensive rebound. But you know what's interesting about that, Jeff? Most of the time when a team loses a game like that, they choked. Right. right. That team did not choke no. at all. They go eight yeah. for nine from the line. Yeah. They had one turnover. They they executed their 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 late game inbounds plays. We didn't we didn't get any deflections or steals. Uh you know, they had to be walking out of there saying, boy, you know. We kind of did everything we had to do. They they shot the ball extremely well, but that's what the three-point shot does. You don't feel like you're, you're ever out of it. But you have, listen, you got shooters, and it seems to me like you are your peak. You're not going to live true to my preseason prediction, which was to win the Big Ten. You're not going to be able to do that. By the way, I love you because you're the only one. But I was wrong. You, you didn't, you didn't. You know what? You weren't afraid. I was to not. Step out there and say what you thought. Yes. I, I like your team. I still like your team. And I sure. think now a win like this can do wonders for you guys now playing away from home in the Big Ten tournament, you know, on the road in the NCAA tournament. It gives you 
momentum, confidence, which your team doesn't lack for confidence, let's face it, but it gives you a little bit more going in. Well, I think we we have tremendous respect for Indiana's program and the season that they've had and the players that they have. So you look at, you know, they they had a couple losses back when we beat them. When we, uh, you know, they were trying to adjust to Xavier Johnson's injury, uh, figure out how you know who was going to take over, and Hood Shafino and and uh, Galloway really elevated their games in a big way because he was he was a little banged up there for a minute early in the season. So when those two guys started developing chemistry with Cop, with Race, and with Trace. I mean, that's as formidable a starting five as you're going to see in college basketball uh, on a number of different levels. They're shooting 38% from three. They have two legitimate post players. They have willing passers. And let's face it, Jeff, used to be able to double trace. He wasn't a good passer. Right. He's, he's, great. Got, over 100, he's got over 100 assists now. It's amazing he how he's come. Yeah. You know, so, you know, I think you got to give him credit uh, because, you know, guys, they always want to leave. So I want to come back and I'm going to complete the picture. I'm going to score a rebound, assist, no turnovers, be a crunch time guy, and put a team on my back. And he's done that. All right. Can we can we finish this with a stare down? You have I'm, no chance against me. I'm, I'm going to get right up in there. I can't you do have- it. I can't do it. I can't. What what would Margaret McCaffrey do? If you gave her that same oh. stare down, what would she do to you? Oh, you know her. It'd be it, over. That, that would not be a good thing for me. It would not <laughs> be a good thing for me. I wouldn't even try it. I wouldn't even no. try it. And that would be the smart move. Hey, Margaret is the much more intimidating of all of the McCaffreys. Yes, without question. All right, listen. Hell of a win. Uh, I would tell you to, 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 you know, go take Talia out for dinner. It's a little late. Uh, she's probably already in bed crying herself to sleep right now. <laughs> it was the first loss that she has seen for an Indiana men's or women's basketball team home loss all year. Wow. I didn't realize that. That's that's saying something. Yeah. Yeah. So hell, hell of a win. And uh, I'll see you next week in, uh, in Chicago. See you in Chicago, my man. Right. Always a pleasure. Likewise. the field of 68 we would like to thank fran mccaffrey for not staring into jeff goodman's soul and leading him to death coming up we're going to break down tennessee's huge win against arkansas kansas surviving against texas tech that's next on the field of 68 after dark daniel clear let's get dagan in here let's hear what's going on in the youtube chat hello gentlemen i don't see a lot of questions in the youtube chat a lot, a lot of chatter but not a ton of a ton of questions um, so we, well, I was going to ask you guys something about Texas Tech, um, but obviously uh, they just lost. So that doesn't matter. Uh, so my next thought is, what are your thoughts? I know we're going to get into this a little bit later, so don't give away too much. Thoughts on Villanova possibly getting an at-large this season? Yes, no, maybe so? <laughs> I, I don't think they'll get an at-large. I know they've won six of seven, and it's it's tough because they're such a better team and such a different team. But, you know, it, that that wouldn't be fair to the teams that have, you know, done it the whole year, you know, regardless of what the circumstances were for Villanova. The good thing for Nova is I do feel like they could go to Madison Square Garden and win the thing. You know, they're, uh, they're experienced enough. Justin Moore has finally got his legs under him after sitting out the year for an injury and had a few games under his belt. Uh, but I, I don't see them being able to get in that large. I agree. I, I, I 
everything you said. I don't think they're going to get an at-large bid, but I think they can They can go in the guard. 30 seconds. I think they can win it. Yeah. I think if they went out and made the Big East final, it would at least be a conversation. If I they agree. Lost that final yeah, game. I can see that. All right, here's a quick one. Iowa's ceiling in terms of seeding. Or I guess not what we want to say seeding. We'll just say how far can they get. We'll do that one. Second round. <laughs> Ten seconds. Fair enough. I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I, I've seen this too Three. many times. That Two. defense, man. That defense. Welcome back. It's the Field of 68 After Dark. Uh, we are live on Sirius XM Channel 84 as we speak. We are powered by Bet Rivers. We got Chris Mack. We got Randolph Childress. My name is Greg Waddell, uh, and we are about to get into some more big-time finishes tonight. Let's start in the SEC where we had Tennessee facing off against an Arkansas team that has been playing some good basketball, gentlemen. Since the return of Nick Smith Jr., he's been playing 30-plus minutes, about four straight games now. They took Alabama to the wire. They had a couple big road wins as well. Um, tonight, I mean, Tennessee jumped on him, man, and this was a game where there was a big moment early that could have been an emotional negative swing. That would be Zakai Ziegler's injury. It was a non-contact injury. He was helped off the court. He did not return. It did not look great. I have not heard a formal confirmation of what the injury is just yet, but obviously our thoughts are with him and the Tennessee program. We know how critical he is. Give credit to Tennessee for, despite that, really still playing a very complete game on both sides of the ball. I mean, the offense was clicking in a way it has not in recent games. So, RC, let's go to you first here. I mean, We've kind of put some criticism on Tennessee recently. The show I was on on the weekend really shrugged them off as a team that's probably not a true contender to win a national championship this year. If the team that shows up tonight is the team that shows up going forward, do you still buy that Tennessee can make a run in March? Well, they always had a chance making a run because they defend. Any team that defends as well as they do always gives themselves a chance. Now, the injury we're talking about, I, I, I would – you know, until we get confirmation, it just didn't look it didn't look good at all. And without him, I would be concerned about how how deep of a run they can make. I mean, it's an ugly deal. I'd wait till anything officially comes out. It just just didn't look good at all. Hell of a response by them. I mean, he was four old, started at the very beginning of the game. That game could have gone either way. And they just got to put the smack down on Arkansas. And, you know, I thought Olivier Kumwa, uh, uh, you know, Kumwa played well. I mean, he, he, he had double figures early and finished up with 16. You're not going to score a lot. I, they, they're going to continue to defend. And uh, are they just good offensively? The key to them is going to be if they can score. We know that they can defend. It's about how, how much can they score? Are they making shots? I just think the injury going forward is going gonna, is gonna to really hurt this group because I don't know who else on that team is going to be able to create for others. I, I tell you what, you know, we've all been in arenas before where a player goes down and it's uh... – it becomes eerily quiet in the arena mm. and, you know, to take out all that emotion leading up to the game and the, in, in the start of the game. And then for Tennessee to have the wherewithal, the concentration and uh, just, just the, uh, the intensity level to get ramped back up a after watching one of their teammates go down. Uh, you give a lot of credit to those, those kids in the volunteer uniforms. Um I do think that the way Arkansas plays, I said this before the show, Greg, that 
on defense, the way they try to extend and pressure and get out in the passing lanes. And if you don't turn the ball over, you can create and generate easier looks than you can if a team just tries to keep you in front. I think Tennessee, because they didn't turn the ball over, I think they got better looks than they normally get against some teams that are a little bit more disciplined and a little bit more um, conventional in the half court. I, I worry about Tennessee in the NCAA tournament being able to score. And with Ziegler going down, he just, uh, you know, he he's a guy that, that he's dynamic with the ball um, a little bit more than the other guys on their team. And now you have one less guy like that. But, you know, RC's right. They can hold any team in the country to 50 points. And can they do that for three or four games in a row in the NCAA tournament with quick turnarounds on the second days of weekends, second games of weekends? Uh, I would be a little bit more pessimistic, but I wouldn't put it past Coach Barnes either. Yeah, they've had like so the many battle injuries as well, too. I, I think that's what helped them tonight. I mean, Phillips, you know, he's been injured. Josiah James has been out. Right. They're just getting those guys back, just starting to feel good about themselves. Uh, it just looked bad that this doesn't look like an injury where he's going to return for postseason. Yeah, it certainly did not look good. Um, and if we did have our doubts of Tennessee a week ago, I don't know that even despite tonight's win, we're going to say those doubts have been alleviated given the nature of the injury on what we expect Tennessee to be missing going forward. Uh, I will say I thought Viscovi came in. I mean, he did about all you could do being thrown into a much larger kind of primary playmaker role. Obviously he's capable of that. He's operated in that role in his career previously. Uh, but what makes them dangerous when that offense is clicking is I feel like it's, it's two very different styles that have worked pretty well together. Ziegler really playmaking for others, bringing some speed with the ball in his hands, best could be hunting shots. Um, so, I, you know, that's a lot to put on his shoulders going forward. If they are really going to be without Ziegler long-term, uh, I certainly think he could be capable of it, but, for six consecutive games. That's a lot to ask. Let's move to the Big 12 now, where Kansas secures the victory against a desperate Texas Tech team, 67 to 63. This was a one possession game with about five minutes before this show started. And uh, the, I mean, the birds were asking behind the scenes here can Texas Tech really do this? Can they make the tournament? And Randolph Childress, Randolph Childress yes. yes. was all over it. He was like, let's see it, right, RC? Randolph was saying, hell no, Texas Tech is not going to no tournament. And why are we having this conversation with a 5-11 and 11 team in their conference? Like, like my question, Chris, when everybody was, was saying this, it's like, are they playing in this Pacific, the NBA, this Pacific Conference? They're playing with the Golden State Warriors and the Suns and, and, and the Lakers and the Clippers? Like, what the hell? Who are they playing against that you can go 5-11 and 11 and be in a tournament? Like, so come on. So you're telling me now that they're five and twelve in the Big Twelve, they they can't make the tournament. Yes, unless they win it. Unless they <laughs> so you're the saying there's a chance. <laughs> I mean, that's just like it's true, right? Or see, at this point, like with tonight's loss, it feels like a true statement. Had Texas Tech won tonight, I think you'd still be shaking your head saying it can't happen, and we might be like, yeah, they might be doing I, it. I would have still said it because at six and eleven, I'm not saying a team that's six and eleven. <laughs> Should be in the tournament. Like, uh, and I'm not even, it has nothing to do with name. Rip the name off. If you go, there's no, there's no conference in the country that good that you can be six and 11 and be in the tournament. There, there, that doesn't exist. And, and the other point is if they would have finished and won tonight and then won on Saturday and they were seven and 11, you know, the NCAA has thrown out the last 10 games. 
uh, years ago. So, you know, it doesn't matter if you're on a hot streak, you know, it's a body of work and, you know, Randolph's right. Seven and 11. I know it's the best conference or one of the best conferences in the country uh, competition wise, but you can't include everybody in the NCAA tournament in the league. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, let's flip to the Kansas side of this quickly. They get the win a game. I think obviously they should have won anytime they're in that arena against a bubble team. You expect a Bill Self team to come out victorious. That ultimately proved true. The end of this game, I flipped it on. I was watching it as the show started. Uh, we got Jalen Wilson very, very happy, pointing to his ring finger, walking around the court. Uh, you got to respect it. Man's a champion, defending national champs. And now tonight, they clinch at minimum a share of the Big 12 regular season crown. Their final game of the regular season will be against Texas. Texas needs to beat TCU to play for their shot at a share. Uh, but you've got to admire what Kansas has been able to do. After all, they lost from last year's national championship team to put themselves right back into the picture nationally and right where they've been for two decades now at the top of the Big 12. I mean, what more can you say? What's your interpretation of how impressive this season has been for Kansas, Chris? I mean, it's just uh, – it's repeated every year. I mean, the success that Coach Self and the Jayhawks have had in the Big 12 tournament. I know Baylor has been really good the last few years. But, you know, no matter how good the league's been uh, for the last 10 to 15 years, Kansas wins it every year, just about. So, um no shock. And I'm sure when they go to uh, Austin on Saturday, he won't want to share a big 12 regular season title. He'll want it all for himself. And he, uh, I'm sure whatever happens with the TCU game, if Texas wins, then uh, it'll be for a share or not. And, um, but what, what coach self has been able to do seems like every year he loses two guys to the NBA and, and yet pulls a Grady Dick, a young player that comes out of nowhere and, um, they're always good. Who wins coach of the year in this conference? I think it's still Tang, don't you? Or no? I, I don't know. I mean, I'm asking I, because I think that's one of the things you just – I think he's right there. I don't think Rodney Terry gets enough credit for it and what he's doing. We're sitting here talking about them winning their last two games with the distractions and everything that he had to deal with in Texas and in – what Bill Self is doing. I mean, what he's lost, lost so much. I mean, you can't, you just expect it. He's being punished for the success and the standard that he right. set there. I mean, you could, you if any of those three guys win it, I mean, it wouldn't be an argument, but I, I think you can make a case for either one. Um, I mean, nationally, not only Pac-12. I mean, it could be one go get wins nationally when one wins back to and a total different coach wins the big 12. So. Uh, yeah. I I think I would still give it to coach Tang though. I, I, yeah. You know, think about where Kansas State was a year ago. You know, mm -hmm. I, I think that, like, maybe the shine of him being national coach of the year and, uh, you know, the runaway favorite to win Big 12 coach of the year, maybe that shine has, has diminished a little bit. But at the same time, you look where they were a year ago and where they're at now. I mean, they're cemented in the NCAA tournament. They're in the top four of the Big 12. Um, you know, I, I would be shocked if he didn't win the Big 12 coach of the year. Yeah, a lot of good options there, depending on how the voters want to approach that. What questions are they asking themselves? For me, I go Tang, just to your point, Chris. I mean, uh, I can't say at all preseason I had any expectations for that team. And you got to ignore the circumstances at Texas a little bit, because if you want to talk about the circumstances at Texas, 
I don't know that there's a better argument for anyone in the country than Rodney Terry. Right. Um, but both of those teams were, you know, picked top half at least of this conference, if not top two. Kansas State really came out of nowhere, so I give Tank some credit there. Um, all right, guys. Next, we are going to move to the ACC. We are going to talk about the Carolina Tar Heels. Currently in our first four out. Where do they sit? Can they repeat the run that they made last year? That's next on the Field of 68 After Dark. Clear. All right, guys, we were just talking about Kansas, and I said preseason plenty of times that I'm skeptical that this team could actually make an NCAA tournament run. I'm no longer skeptical. I think this team can absolutely win it all. And for our listeners out there, if you think I'm wrong, you can prove it to me because this season we're partnering with Run Your Pool, who will be hosting the official Field of 68 bracket contest. Rob Doster has actually worked with Run Your Pool before which is why he was so excited to land this sponsor. They have more than 50 game types for every sport you can think of, from a traditional bracket pool to survivor games, head-to-head games, pick X games, and my personal favorite, squares. The scoring is customizable. You can tailor your bracket rules to your pool. It's awesome. But the best part, Run Your Pool is giving away $1,500 in cash prizes for free. That's right, for free. Just sign up. Use the link in this description, play.runyourpool.com slash field68. That is F-I-E-L-D-6-8. Fill out a bracket, be eligible to win. We hope to see you guys March 12th. The real ones already know exactly what that date means. That's Selection Sunday, if you didn't catch up on that, gentlemen. RC, you remember my Kansas takes preseason, though. I mean, I, do. I deserve some 15. egg on my face for that, my friend. Well, you're you, you owning it. Is what stuck it is. on it and you missed it. It was wrong. It's no problem. You won't be it won't be the last time you're wrong, so don't worry about it. Five seconds. That's for sure. I did not know <laughs> Grady Dick was a lottery pick. <laughs> Amazing. We are back on the field of 68 after dark. We just reached the midway point of our show. We got Chris Mack. We got Randolph Childress. I'm Greg Waddell, and we are live on Sirius XM Channel 84, College Sports Radio, brought to you by Bet Rivers. And watch us on the YouTube channel as well. Click subscribe, click like, jump in the comments. We will answer your questions during the commercial breaks and after the show in the afters. All right, we're moving to the ACC, a conference that is in a fight with my conference, the Big Ten, for the prize of worst high major conference this season. Depending on who you ask, if you ask RC, if you ask me, we'll give you a different answer. But the team I want to start with tonight is the Tar Heels. Currently in our Fielding the 68 Bracketology Experts first four out from our Bracketology show yesterday. We will see if that changes on the next episode of our Bracketology show Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern. But as of right now, RC, does North Carolina deserve to be in the NCAA tournament field, yes or no? No, but after they win at home against Duke, they will. I think they'll get in. I think that'll be it. I think that'll be enough with the recent wins to get them in. Whether you like it or not, I think they're getting in. You calling your shot on the Duke win? Yeah, I think they'll get Duke at home, and I think they'll win. I think they have to have it, and I think they'll get it, and they'll they'll get in. Wow. All right, Chris, your thoughts? You know, it's. Uh, I feel like Carolina right now. It doesn't matter whether they're in or out right now, because every game, whether they win or lose, is going to push them in that direction. You know, what I mean, like you are. You are sitting 
directly on the fence. So it doesn't matter right now if they are in, because if they lose to Duke, they're out. I, I do think that, like Randolph said, I think they beat the Blue Devils at home this weekend. Yep. I think they win a couple games in uh, in Greensboro. Um, and I, I think they become a team that does, does a little bit what like what they did last year. I'm not saying they're going to get to the national championship, but they're, they're not going to lose in the first or second round. They will be a second weekend NCAA tournament team. They have too much talent and too much experience, and those guys know what's at stake down the stretch. Now, they got to get there. And they put themselves in that position where if they don't play well on Saturday and they do lose to Duke at home, then it won't matter whether they had the talent or experience to go far in the tournament. There's going to be a lot of three seeds in this NCAA tournament that are oh. just terrified if they see the 11 seeded North Carolina in their pod. <laughs> Horrible. Uh, so looking at the last two games for this Carolina team, because I, I would be honest with both you guys, I've made a lot of jokes at this team's expense. Uh, I made a lot of jokes at this team's expense last year. As you just learned in the commercial break, I'm wrong quite a bit. I get to make takes, and often my takes are wrong on this very show. Uh, I just I don't know how you build a winning team consistently around the type of shots that this backcourt takes. Consist like I just don't know what you're getting night in and night out. When I look at their last two games, 10 for 22 from three as a team at home against Virginia. And they follow that up with another stellar shooting performance against Florida State, 14 for 29 from three-point range. How much of this quote-unquote turnaround is simply the balls going through the net at an unsustainable rate compared to what they've been for the better part of a season and three quarters, RC? I I think that's the biggest difference. I mean, when you're struggling, obviously you got to be better defensively. They've shown they can defend in spurts when they've needed to. Um, the biggest difference is they're not shooting the ball as well as they did a year ago. It's just, that's just, that's their biggest issue. You take away Brady Manic in his ability and the amount of threes he made. I think he shot, I mean, might've been 90 threes he made a year ago at a 40, 41% clip. I said this before, Leaky Black shot 40% in ACC play a year ago. And then those guards were 37 and 36. Now they're 30, they're 29 and 30 in the low 30. So um, this team is just, when they're making shots, they're good. And when they're not, they're, they're bad. And, and the big, I think the, the exciting thing, if you're a Carolina fan was they finally put together a decent basketball game on a the road. They've played good at home. They've won at home. They just hadn't won a game on a road. And that's the part of where getting to a tournament where it's a neutral site, not many teams, fans travel. So like Chris said, they're going to get into the tournament and you're going to be like, damn, where this team been? And it's because they've struggled on the road, but when they go on neutral site, wherever their site's going to be, their fans, that's probably, I mean, who travels better than the Tar Heels? And, and it's going to be a damn near home game. And you're going to get, and then you're going to look up. And like we said, they're going to be playing and right there in the game, five minutes to go to go to freaking Houston. And everybody's going to be like, where the hell did this come from? Like that's the talent and experience yeah. Yeah. that this team has. And it wouldn't surprise me as frustrating as people is, and it's it's it'll drive you nuts, but that's just facts. They just play better at home. Yeah, they they won't be a Cinderella story when they're, you know, looking in Elite Eight trying to get to the Final Four. You know, their ability level, and I'm talking specifically about R.J. Davis and Caleb Love, um, is as good as any guards in the country, and their percentages are indicative of the bad shots they take. Yep. But understand that they have the ability to create some shots that some of the guys they're playing against can't do. 
And I, I just think that, and I'm not saying it's right, but as the higher the stakes go, the bigger the game becomes, those guys have been in those moments before. And because they've taken some horrendous shots in other games with no pressure on them, I, I don't feel like they're going to change one bit when the moment becomes really big. Where some other teams, RC knows, you know, when you get into the Elite Eight game and everybody's, you know, covering the game and and it's just uh, those guys have been there. And again, they still got to beat Duke, but I, I just, I see it as Carolina is going to be in the NCAA tournament. I would not want to face them if I were a better seed. Yeah. Uh, I just pulled a pretty crazy number. I didn't know this going into what I was looking up, but Pete Nance, <laughs> I've uh, alluded to him as Brady Manick's stunt double this year. Like they're just trying to force him into that role. I don't know that that's his game. He's more of a playmaking five, right? Well, in the last two games, this little win streak, he's made seven three-point shots. In the entire months of January and February combined before the last two games, he had made seven three-point shots for North Carolina. So if that's here to stay, I'm in. If it's not here to stay, I'm a little more skeptical. We'll wait and see. Uh, Let's flip to the uh, aforementioned Duke Blue Devils, a team that – could essentially get some payback on what Carolina did to them last year by winning that final game of the regular season, maybe keep them out of the NCAA tournament. Duke with a critical home win tonight against NC State. Are we buying the Blue Devils in March? Chris, what do you think? Um, I'm not. You know, I, I think that they're a good team. Um, I don't think that their backcourt is necessarily uh, experienced enough with, with Proctor. Um, I know Roach has been there, but, you know, he wouldn't scare me if, if, if I were an opposing team in the NCAA tournament. I think Filipowski is a really good player. He's a freshman. He has foot speed issues when he goes against talented fours. Uh, so I, I think Duke's a good team, but I don't think that they were the overwhelming, you know, talent that everybody talked about coming into the year. And I think that sort of played itself out throughout the season. I, I think they're a good team. They've been great at home. Coach Shire's done an amazing job as a first-year head coach, especially in the footsteps of, of Coach K. But I think they're a good team. I just don't see them being a team that can get to a Final Four. What about you, RC? I agree. I, I don't. Th- I don't have them as a Final Four team, I, Coach. I'd be. I, you know what? I like to see their lineup with though, because I think they've battled injuries. So I don't know if we they can have. really tell, like what their ceiling is. Like Derek Whitehead's coming in there, but I like to see their lineup just for a game of extended minutes with Filipowski at the five. <laughs> if they go small ball with Filipowski at the five, Derek Whitehead at the four, and then get those three guards and get any combination of those three guards because Proctor has size. So if they go with Grandison, any, 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 any of the third guard or whatever they want with that, I just would like to see that group with the spacing and what they, because I don't think they shoot it great either. I think they're streaky from behind the line, but that lineup, you put Filipowski at the five, Look out. I, I just, yeah. that's just something it, I'd like to see. I, I completely agree. And again, I, you know, Shire's doing a tremendous job. So I don't, I don't want this to, you know, come across as, Hey, this is what he should be doing. Right. Because you're taking away the best shot blocker or one of the best shot blockers. And in it's, the yeah, you know, just for a moment of a game or something like but, that. Just- but I, I think they would be. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Impossible to guard if Filipowski played the five. Now, he'd also might be in a little bit more foul trouble because he's not the strongest guy in the world. And if he had to guard a guy this weekend like Baycott, that could be a real problem. But, you know, you, you can post trap. You can do things that can alleviate foul trouble. But to RC's point, man, if, if they played him at the five, that, that would be a problem. A lot like a lot of NBA teams are doing now with their fives. Yeah, it feels like Shire's got some chess pieces here to move around the board. Uh, and I think at points this season, he hasn't had all of his chess pieces fully activated, right? He's had some a little chipped. Uh, one maybe's underneath the table, right? Now he's got everything right in front of him. How's he going to move him? Will he pull the right strings? Could certainly make a difference. I want to talk about the team Duke beat tonight. That's NC State, uh, a team that at points this season, down the stretch, has been safely in our field tonight. They lose this game. They are currently projected as an 11 seed, according to our expert bracketologist from the Fielding the 68 show. RC, we just talked about Big 12 teams that have 13 losses in their conference, debating if they should potentially make the NCAA tournament. And NC State has nine losses on the year. And we're talking they're one little smidge away from being out of the field. Do you think that that's fair or are they deserving of a clear NCAA tournament bid? I think they're in. I, I mean, I, I, I think there's a couple of teams here in this league. I mean, I think Duke's in. I think NC State's in. Miami, Virginia. I think Pitt's in. I I, I don't think that there's even much. They of a better be there. They're first in the ACC I, right Yeah, now. But, but, you know, they're talking about you drew one game. And I, I'll tell you another team here will end up being in there. I think Clemson, when it's all said and done, is a team that's deserving of being in there and capable of beating anybody when they get in there. Yeah. I, I'm oh, yeah. a big NC State. Uh, I, I'm a big NC State guy. You know, I, yeah. obviously Jarkel Joyner. I think he got hurt tonight. Uh, I, I don't know how bad that is, uh, but they they got some talented guards. Greg, he's and, good. Uh, I've told the story too many times. I'm not going to tell it anymore. They can go back <laughs> to past episodes. But Terquavion Smith, I just think he's uh, the real deal. I think he's an NBA player that's just you know barely scratching the surface of who he's going to be as a player. Um, they're good. They're, they're good. And I know they're not very consistent and that happens sometimes with, um, you know, a team that has some young guards, but I, I think they're in and I think they could be dangerous in March. Yeah. Uh, Jarkel Joyner, 40 minutes tonight, 26 points, eight rebounds. He was uh, so Tur good tonight. He was fantastic tonight mm -hmm. and Turk did not have his a game. Still that team very close to winning in Cameron. Uh, it would be a shame. I'll just say that. You got to tune back into our Bracketology Show Friday to hear what the experts have to say. 
But it would be a shame if this team is not safely in the NCAA tournament because I think they've stacked up the resume to back it up, and I definitely think they are safely one of the top 64 teams in the country. All right, coming up, we're going to move to the Big East. Uh, We've got the Big East champions officially crowned. That's Marquette. We're going to talk about if they are Final Four good. And there's a couple other teams in the middle of the pack in that conference that are heating up at the right time. That's next on After Dark. And of course. All right, let's get Dagan back in here and see if we got anything going on in the chat. There's some stuff going on in the chat, but I got to scroll all the way back. There's a big conversation about the officiating in the game currently. Um, so I got to scroll all the way back past all that to, to find find some of our questions. If you want to answer something about that, feel free to while I, while I look. Which game are we, ta- are we talking about? It just says general thoughts on the state of officiating college basketball. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know what? I, I, Matt, Chris, I know I'll that's say a, this. That can be a very long The only thing, the only thing I don't like. The one thing I don't like is it's hard to make a call. Of, I'm not talking about the foul calls. The one thing that I don't like that's happening now, and you you know how critical this is. Like I've I've called games where there's no timeout and it's late in games, and the ball goes through the net and it's like four seconds left, and all you got to do is say like check the clock, we need more time, and you just give the sign, and then now it's like a timeout called. They just huddle up and they're looking, and it's taking it just you know. And that gives you enough time to design a play. Yep. That like that's that's part of where I think that now the officiating is being manipulated to, to gain advantage of. That's yeah, the one I, thing I, that's bothering me. Now. I, I agree. I, I just think you I, I think the referees should put the, just like yes. they do when a kid shoots a technical, you're not yes. allowed on that side of the court. You put the other players on the other sideline. And if the coaches are able to like, you know, yell across the floor or like you, you know, show a big you know, a six by six whiteboard over right. there that, that yeah. they can figure out the play. It's like right. a stand in eight Ten count. Seconds. Somebody get knocked down, go to a neutral corner or something. Right. Yeah. They, they, they should get extra time. Four. Out. We are back. It's the field of 68 after dark. Put your fours up. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the fourth quarter of the show. We're going to move to Big East talk in just a second. We got Chris Mack here. We got Randolph Childress here. My name is Greg Waddell, live on Sirius XM Channel 84. And if you're watching us on the YouTube channel, Field of 68, jump in the comments, throw some questions at us. We've been a little light on the questions tonight. That's what I'm hearing. Throw us a like while you're at it. We'll answer your questions after the show for about 15 minutes or so. All right, let's talk about the Big East champions. Marquette defeats Butler tonight. This team, I mean, for them to emerge the way they have out of a hotly contested conference, this isn't Big 12 quality where there's five teams that all have a fight for top 10 in the country, but there's a lot of teams at the top of this conference that can make some noise in March. We're talking Creighton, we're talking UConn, uh, and then Marquette. I mean, they separated from that group. It's still astonishing to me what this Shaka Smart group has been able to do. Tyler Kolick has been outstanding. A lot of guys in this team have been outstanding. But I still, in the back of my mind, in my gut, I can't really believe that they did this. So let's throw it to you first, Mac. Is this team Final Four good to you this season? Marquette? Yeah. No. No. And And – I only say that in the sense that, like, you got to be elite to get to the Final Four. I don't want to take away from Marquette and anything that they've accomplished this year. I think Shaka, hands down, is Coach of the Year in the Big East. Uh, you know, I, I I have a special place in my heart when teams who are picked eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh in their league end up winning it. 
in the fashion that they did. You know, those kids play with a chip on their shoulder the entire year. Uh, he didn't do it with multiple transfers. He did it with guys that returned uh, for the most part. And so it, it, it's a great story. I think they have a great team. I think their leader, Tyler Kolick, is is playing lights out. I mean, tonight I think he gets 21 and 10. Um, and he's good. He's good. He he's good. got some swag. I think the guys, um, they, they play both ends of the floor. You know, Shaka has them believing. I think they're a really good team. Uh, I, I just, I'm not quite convinced. And I don't know why. I don't know if it's experience. I don't know if it's because they've come out of nowhere that uh, I, I'm just not a final four type believer in a team. I do think the Big East has five legit teams that can get to the second weekend. And the way Villanova's playing, and the fact that, you know, they 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 go to Madison Square Garden and win the thing, they'd have six teams that could play in the second weekend. I I, I love the way they play. I mean, they're spacing, they're cutting. Yep. I mean, they're shooting it. They they put so much pressure on the rim. Uh they defend they they defend good enough. Um Kolik, I mean, I mean. I mean, he's probably player of the year in the conference right now, I would imagine, with them with with the, in the regular season. I I'm like you, coach. I don't final four, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't see that. I love their guard play. I think, you know, guard play can carry you a long way. But when I think of guard play in a tournament, no one's telling me Marquette's. I, I don't see Marquette right. guard play as a top five guard play coming into the tournament. But and, I, and I, maybe I can... they maybe they'll appreciate us. You know, not picking them, just like they appreciated being voted ninth in the Big East. Right. Maybe right. you know we'll be on a we'll be on a billboard or we'll be on like a bulletin board in the back of the locker room. Uh, me and RC like yeah yeah doubters haters. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we I got them I got them. I mean, I can see them going, but I don't. Final four, I don't. Does I can see them getting at least eight, maybe, or you know, make get to the second round of the tournament. I mean, it's not a bad thing at all. Doesn't this just feel like a shock, a smart team that does end up making the run though? Like I'm, I'm with you guys. I'm sitting here. Like, I can't believe they just won the big East in the fashion they did, let alone what they're going to do next. But like it, this just like, that's the perfect characteristic of a shock, a smart team that is actually built to make the run. It's like, even as good as they've been, everybody's still kind of like, yeah, I don't know. I don't really see it. And then all of a sudden they're in the elite eight. And they're right there. I don't know. I'm starting to talk myself into it just as we talk through this ourselves. The one thing I would point out about Marquette, just results-wise, uh, I mean, they've got six losses on the season. But compared to even some of the other top 10 teams in the country, I mean, some of these losses were coin flip losses that ended up not going their way. We're talking two overtime games. We're talking a five-point loss against Purdue in Mackey Arena. We're talking a four-point loss at Xavier. Like these are almost quote unquote impressive losses, RC. You want the truth is none of us are picking them, but none of us would be surprised if their ass is in Houston playing and when none of us will sit there and be like, oh my God, I can't believe what like it wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock you. I don't think either either of the three of us would be shocked that, that right, Marquette. I, I got a question for you two guys. Yep. Marquette against Carolina in the Elite Eight to get to the <laughs> final four. <laughs> Oh man, you go uh, first, RC. You know what? I, I'm gonna go with the team I think that's been better all year. That I, I'm gonna, I, I will, I, I can't, I, 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 I can't do it. I can't. I, if I, if what I've seen, God, 
what a match. Now, keep in mind, if they're playing in that game. They're Carolina's playing well. Already, You're right. They're playing Carolina's well. Carolina's already won three in a row. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Carolina's playing well. I don't think, I, I will say, I don't think there's a matchup at all for Armando. Yeah. You know, I I, I don't think at all. I, I think that would be, Igadar is is just too like, like yeah. Natale for, for a guy like Armando for that matchup. So that'd be, that would be a tough matchup. I was going to say, if it's in the Elite Eight, Carolina all day. If it's <laughs> if it's in the second round, first, second round, okay, Marquette, let's go. Yeah. You're telling me Caleb loves in the Elite Eight? It's a done deal, boys. Oh, what are we man. doing? That means he's going to score like 28 in the second half or do something crazy. You and I sat next to each other last year. Yes. Watch this unfold, yes. RC. We're yes, not going to make the did. same mistake twice. It's yeah, not going to happen. Yeah, uh, all right, let me, let me flip a question back on you here, Chris. Who's going to win the Big East tournament? You got to pick one name out of a hat. You got five teams that we all feel are second weekend teams, and you got Villanova playing the way they're playing right now. Who's your pick to win that tournament? Mm. Well, I got to, I got to mm. preface this. I got, I got to push Xavier out of the conversation because you know if I don't pick them, you know then it's going to be an issue. <laughs> so let, let's just say out of the ten teams remaining, um, hmm. You got Marquette, you got Providence, you got Creighton, UConn, uh, Nova. Yeah. Without looking at a bracket, because I don't know who has to play who, uh, I'm going to go with the Creighton Blue Jays. Um, I just, I like their firepower, man. I like their, uh, you know, I think Kalkbrenner is <laughs> real tough matchup. Um, I think Creighton has historically played fairly well. At MSG, not they've won the thing, but they've they've uh, they've battled there. But I could see UConn as well. So um, that that to me is the best conference tournament in college basketball this coming year. Mm -hmm. And I think it's it's been that way because the venue hasn't moved. There's such a rich tradition, and now you're looking at you know at least five teams that that have a chance to do something in the NCAA tournament like meaningful. I was going to say Creighton as well, but I, you know, it, it, the scariest thing is we've been talking about it. I think we're going to talk it into existence. So I just feel like Nova's going to make a run at this thing. And, and, and it just feels like they're going to get to the championship game. And then the question that you said, Greg, will be interesting. If they went out and make a run to the championship game of the, of the Big East tournament, did they play themselves in a still a bit? Well, the yeah. only thing that, that I'll say is that I'm pretty sure they would only have to win two games to get to the finals. You know, mm -hmm. it's not like they, you know, yeah. would go three and one. Yeah. And the, the committee doesn't take into a fat take into account conference tournament games as much as you think. Yeah. You know, like they, they just don't. I mean, I don't think it affects seating much. I, I think that when those guys get to Indianapolis and they get in the room, um, you know, certainly when teams win conference tournaments, it screws up what they're trying to do. But like, you know, Texas A&M, perfect example last year in the SEC. Man, they made that unbelievable run. They get to the finals. Hell, when they were in the semis, everybody was talking about how they were in. Then they get to the finals, and it was like they, they didn't get in. And I, I out of conference schedule, I get all that stuff. I just don't think the conference tournaments weighted nearly as much as what people think. It's just that all eyes are on the conference tournaments right before the draw. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the thing the fans care much more and put a lot more weight into. You think as a fan, if your team's on the bubble, that this can totally swing things. Whereas you're right. I don't think the committee focuses on it like that. That's what the experts have told us as well. Um, I will say this. They're, they're 16 and 14 after tonight's win at Seton Hall. 
their final game of the regular season, they host UConn. I mean, massive quad one opportunity right there. You win that game, you're 17 and 14. You go two and one. I mean, 15 losses is a lot of losses. But if you get to that 19 win mark, I think they're at least in the conversation, particularly given the fact that the Justin Moore injury is hanging over this team's resume. I mean, I think there's a pretty clear draw the line point for everyone that's going to consider them against other teams that have 13, 14 losses. We would learn a lot about, we would learn about the qualifications of making the tournament. If that was the case, because you hear rumors that they consider stuff like that, right? That if they were to get in, then they had to take Justin Moore's injury and not being available to them throughout the season. And then the way they finished is the only way that it happened if they don't win the Big East tournament. And I, I yeah. wish I was a little bit more educated with with Villanova's non-conference and and sort of where, where their numbers stack up if you played it out to the point where they were 19 and 15. Um, I, I think, like you said, Greg, I think they'd be in the conversation. I, I don't know if that'd be enough to push them into the tournament, um, but stranger things have happened. Yeah, I tell you what, I think they're missing one from the non-conference. Two-point loss at the Breslin Center to Michigan State. Two-point yeah. loss in overtime against Iowa State. That comes back and bites you. We'll be on the afters next. Thanks for watching After Dark. For Chris Mack, for Randolph Childress, I'm Greg Waddell. We'll see you tomorrow night. And you're clear. Beautiful. Let's get Dagan back Man, in that here. that went quick. That was a quick one, RC. A lot to get to tonight. Yeah, it was. A lot to get to. Hey, and one thing we didn't talk about I thought was crazy about Arkansas guys. Did you hear about their plane ride? No. Please do tell. 87-mile-an-hour gust winds on their plane ride into Tennessee. Can you imagine being on that freaking plane? I started to say something about it. We was on line, but somebody went 87-mile-an-hour gust, wind gust. God. Fuck that. Oh. RC, that's Man, the things they the, got to tell us better. Huh? <laughs> That's that's the thing they got to tell us betters, man. I went responsibly to Bet Rivers tonight. I, I thought you would have known. It was everybody was talking about it. They were right talking back. about how crazy the landing was. Oh, I don't get alerts on this. I don't get the the plane, the mileage notes. Seven mile an hour wind gusts. That's insane. I mean, that's yeah. Alternate line Tennessee would have been placed in moments had I oh, known yeah. Because there's no way in hell I'd have got off that plane and been thinking about <laughs> nothing else. But like, take me to a bar. I'm getting hammered. <laughs> Like I'm, I'm celebrating life. Like, are you kidding me? Oh my gosh, man! Can you? Oh man! Oof. Yeah, that's no good. That's that no ain't good. fun at all. That's Nothing no fun good. about that. Yeah, that is. Ain't enough alcohol would have been in Tennessee for me, Knoxville. For I don't know me, where they go yeah. next, but I'm going bus only. No way I'm getting on. That. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I mean, they're 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 in Tennessee too, RC. That's not any sort of sippable. Like that's moonshine. They're getting handed. Uh, whatever it is, they if I land after 87 mile an hour gusts, <laughs> just give me what you got. <laughs> Good God! All right, Dagan. Let's uh let's get to some chat questions if we got them. Yeah, let's see here. Um, I just had one. I lost it in the chat. Um, oh, here it is. Michigan. Jeremy wants to know what is Michigan's outlook the tournament do they get in can they get in too far away i know i know greg greg wants to hear yeah i'll i'll jump in just uh i don't think coach mac knows this i am a michigan fan so i'll i'll take this one begrudgingly uh i think we need one in the final two is where i'm at that's what the experts have told me you got two massive quad one a opportunities at illinois and at indiana Uh, i think they are definitively out right now i know i've seen a lot of people 
put him in the last four, the first four out right now. Uh, I don't think there's any way going into the Big Ten tournament that they would be in the field if they lose both those games. And like you just heard these guys talk about, the Big Ten tournament really doesn't mean that much unless you make a run all the way to the end of it. So steal one, I think they jump in, get zero. I think they're definitively out, magically get both. That's not going to happen, but I think they would be no sweat at all if you get those final two. Man, I'm looking at the standings. I mean, you have three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams that are either 11 and seven or 10 and eight in the league right now. Eight. It's half your league. Yeah. It's a mess. It's a mess, Chris Mack. I'm telling you, this it, is it, not, this is not a good conference. It's, it's a mess, but then it's like, you know, they're going to put whoever makes the tournament from the Big Ten, you know, and, and I don't mean Purdue. I, I'm talking about like the teams that are, you know, the 10 seed, 11 seed, they're going to put their resume up there. And then they're going to put another Big Ten team that didn't make it. And that team would probably beaten them twice. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's so, it's so arbitrary. And, and I, I'm not saying that the committee does it wrong by any means. It's just, it's just so narrow of, of what, what do you value? What, what do you truly value for one, from one team to another? Is it road wins? Um, you know, is it head to head? You know, what, what is it, you know, kind of thing when you start to separate those last few teams that get in, but I agree with you on Michigan. They got two big opportunities though to end the season on the road. Yep. I'm also not looking forward to those two opportunities, given the results from those two teams. I don't really want to play a pissed off Illinois after losing Ohio state. I don't really want to play a pissed off Indiana after right. laying an egg against right. Iowa. It's not feeling great to me right now. Yeah, speaking of Illinois, uh, Trevor just commented in the chat. Unfortunately, it will all end on Thursday. So I know I heard I heard uh, Greg, you you and you and Trevor have a little bet on the game, or is, is that? What yeah, we got a, we got a little is bet. We got a little, a little bet. Um, it's just a, it's a good old fashioned Jersey bet. I mean, mm. I'm a Jersey connoisseur, as you can see. So uh, I'll throw an Illinois jersey on. I got a host later this week, or I get to host, I should say. I love doing the show, but uh, I'll I'll put an Illinois jersey on for the show if Illinois sends my boys packing, and if Michigan, God forbid, if Michigan storms in and takes a win on Senior Night from Brad Underwood, from Daddy Brad himself, with Terrence Shannon being honored after he stole Terrence Shannon from the Wolverines. <laughs> oh, Trevor. My friend, he's in a Hunter Dickinson jersey for 24 hours in Houston at the Final Four. He's That's the one they got to get, though. I I, I think they got to get the the, the Illinois. Illinois one. I don't think they're gonna go and get an assembly. But Underwood owns Juwan Howard. That's the problem. He's like seven straight against him. Since yeah, he's but been he there. got Hunter Dickinson. Yeah, and Kofi no Kofi. Jets back. Yeah, no Kofi. A Jet Jet will be back. This is true. All right, next question for you guys. Is Auburn in trouble of missing the tournament? They got left. Uh, yeah. They play I, Alabama, I, I, Alabama at Alabama versus Tennessee the last two games. That's brutal. <laughs> yeah, they're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to hear nothing else. <laughs> they're currently a 10 seed in our in our bracket. Well, they're uh, not gonna they're not gonna they're not gonna gain any traction yeah, over the next two games. They, how, how much can they slip? Can they slip to what? I they might be out if they lose those two. I mean when they lose those two. But like I'm looking back now, that's 
one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They'd be three and nine in their final twelve to end the regular season. But I, I tell you what, though, we we didn't see what Tennessee's going to struggle with with the injury. Uh, it'd be curious what as the game's going, I, you know, schematically what teams are going to do against them now without Ziegler there. Yeah, it's a good point. So currently, Auburn sits as our our last ten seed. As of as of today, so we will we'll, we we will see <laughs> we will see. Uh, what are you guys uh, final four teams as of today? Mm. Man, I I'd say Kansas and Houston for me for sure. I'd add Alabama to that. I yep. like Alabama, and I think we we all said Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that'll be interesting. That last one. I'll be interested to see. I know you say Alabama Randolph. I'll be interested to see like, you know, how much the, the, the smoke from all this Brandon Miller stuff, like the, does it catch up with the team? You know, like Nate's had to do so many different press conferences over the last mm-hmm. week and a half, apologizing the distractions, you know, going on the road, you know, hearing from the student section, every time he goes to a press conference, somebody's going to ask like, does, does that take a toll? Because having gone through the, the Cincinnati, Xavier, the brawl, the fight years ago, again, uh, pales in comparison to what he's dealing with now, not to, not to diminish it at all. But, um, and it's hard. It's hard. And so, uh, again, I think it's self-inflicted, personally. But yeah. at the same time, they're still dealing with it. That team's dealing with it. Um I think there's only so much that you can let sort of roll off your back, no matter how focused you are as an athlete. Be interesting. All right, next one. This one from Yuli in the chat. It's for you specifically, uh, RC. He wants to know who has better eyebrows, Rob Doster or Greg Waddell? Oh, Jesus, <laughs> man. I, I haven't seen I haven't seen Greg's, I mean, uh, um, Rob, so I don't know. I'm going to go. I'm going to give Greg the nod right now, man. He's been doing a hell of a job right now. I think he got him plucked. I can tell, look on the side to you. It looked like he had him done, like, you know, like he he got a wax before he came in. So I'm going to go with Greg right now. You know how it goes, RC. I appreciate <laughs> you, my friend. I appreciate you. It's March, baby. We got to look our best when we get here. <laughs> you know, what's, what's, what's sicko asked that question? That was Yuli. <laughs> that was Yuli in the chat. Can we block that, Yuli? Come on. What are we doing, man? Come on. <laughs> You know, after these these games you'd play, you know, you'd have these social media, you know, people that would get on Twitter and blast you, you know, for yeah. losing or whatever. Yeah. They'd always be like, you know, Mac, he's got no eyebrows. You know, he looks like a cat. You know, I, I want you to know I do have eyebrows. They're just blonde. You know, you just can't really. So to all those haters out there, I, I got them. I just, I don't never felt like I should dye them or anything. Yeah, you, you know, didn't so. need to get no color to them. Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, my next one. This one's from me because I know we 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 didn't have a chance to talk about it, but we talked about it in our group message before the show. I need everybody's thoughts on the dog at Louisville taking a full on dump right on the court. It's literally the funniest shit of the year. It's the funniest <laughs> damn thing that happens this terrible. year. No That's pun intended. Terrible. No pun intended. It's, I was crying. I was laughing so hard. I got a it's bad connection now. I got a bad connection. I can't comment. 
I tell you what, man, if you just told us before the show that that happened, but oh. you didn't tell us where, come on, I man. feel like we, we might have been able to guess it happened a little bit. That's I'm just, just funny. I'm just right. saying. It's funny. And I like them guys. That's just funny as hell. And, it, you know, that, that's <laughs> hilarious. Brady said it, it's going to propel them to uh, an ACC tournament run. Uh, we'll yeah, see. why not? <laughs> why not? I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see. Uh, here, Jacob wants to know. Uh, we'll get back to the actual basketball questions here. Uh, UConn ceiling uh, in the NCAA tournament, national title. Got enough they, talent. They got the talent. If their guard play shows up. Yeah, they're 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 like a, a team. I think could be a Final Four team. If, if you, we had named three earlier. If you were to tell me they were going to get some consistent guard play, they would be my fourth team. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Yeah, I think that's the one team. I think if you polled the Big East coaches anonymously and said who who really scares you in terms of like if they played to the to the highest level they can, their potential, yeah. they, they they would to a man say UConn. Yep. Here we go. Here's another, uh, the next one. Uh, will UCLA, St. Mary's, or Gonzaga get past the Sweet Sixteen? So basically, any team in the West. Do you guys trust any team in the West? To get past the Sweet 16? So we're talking Elite Eight? Yes, Elite Eight or further, obviously. I mean, I I do. I mean, I think that St. Mary's, I I think that UCLA's done it. You know, I think that they're, they certainly have the the ability. And I I think Mick gets them defending. You know, so much of it is matchups. And the fact is you've got a, a, I think Campbell's been there three, four years. You know, he's such a veteran point guard. Yeah, I don't. I don't see that being an issue with them. I I, I can see them getting to the second weekend. I don't say easily because you got to win two big games. But yeah, I expect UCLA to do it. Yeah, I, I thought we were just talking about maybe St. Mary's or Gonzaga, but I expect you uh, UCLA to be there. Yeah, would that be your pick out of that group too, Chris? UCLA, yeah. the favorite of that group. I, I think so. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Gonzaga's been, you know, that team every year, but I don't think they're obviously as talented this year. Uh, and St. Mary's just hasn't necessarily done it to that level, although they've been really good. Um, so, yeah, I'm with I'm with Randolph. I expect UCLA will be there. Okay. I would take Gonzaga out of that group, just for the record. RC knows this, I think. I'm a, I'm a skeptic of UCLA right now. I kind of like how this Gonzaga team is playing, though. Hmm. All right, next one uh, from Cheney. If the if Wisconsin beats Purdue tomorrow and wins a couple of games in the Big Ten tournament, but doesn't win the Big Ten title, are they in the tournament? No. Yeah. Yeah, they are. No. I was gonna say I can say if they if they if they they beat beat Purdue, yes, Purdue and win two games in the Big Ten tournament, they're definitely in. I mean, unless they lose to Minnesota, final game of the regular season, but like. If they're 18 and 12 and win two games in the Big Ten tournament with a Purdue win, they're definitely in. They are they are our first team out at the moment. So a win against Purdue puts them in. Yeah, I think they need that one. And I'm I'm not confident they're they not get getting it, that one. But yeah, I got news for you. They're, they're, they're <laughs> they ain't getting that one. <laughs> fair fair point. Fair enough. No, no Cole Center voodoo. That doesn't scare you, Chris Mack. I I think maybe. Had Purdue won against yeah. Indiana, yeah. But like I, I just think that. No disrespect, I, I just don't think Wisconsin's very talented. I don't, I don't think they're, they I don't think they're very good. I think they play to their ability level, 
I think Greg does a really good job with his team. I just don't think they're near as talented as Purdue. And I don't think they have any type of answer for Zach Eady. Not that any team does. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't see the Cole Center being that magical on Thursday night. <laughs> All right, I've got I've got two more for you. Brock wants to know who wins the ACC tournament. Are we gonna say Carolina again? <laughs> yeah. Do they care yet? You got to tell me if they care yet, or if they wait for the big one. I don't know. Oof, tournament man. Hmm. I mean, I. It, you know, obviously Miami's really good, but I, I don't, you know, as you know, RC, sometimes when a team just sort of has that, that bid sort of all locked up and now they got to win four games or three games in three days, four games, four days, I don't know. Um, it would be three, three and three for them. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't have a strong opinion on that one. No, I'm with you. Um, Virginia. It's no got to be, yeah, it's got to be somebody with about three games. Any more than that, I, I worry about them running out of gas. So those early, I don't, I don't, I don't see anybody going on, a, going on a UConn run and winning five in five days. Um, It's going to be wide open. It's going to be some upsets. The scary part is going to be, it's going to be some upsets because BC's a team you don't want to play. Georgia Tech's playing well. Teams at the very bottom of the league are starting to play really well. Um, the teams that are getting – it would be three games in three days would be Pitt, Miami, Virginia. And I think Clemson, don't they own the tiebreaker on Duke? I think they do. They split for sure. I like Pitt, the chances as well. I see, like let, me throw you, let me throw my wildest scenario at you that I could see happening here. Mm -hmm. Virginia Tech. No. Did it last year? Similar spot, right? No. I think last year, it, last year, I think they were 18 and 12 going into that tournament. Rattle off four straight, go from off the bubble to on it. This year they're going to be 18 and 13. I don't know. Yeah, I, I thought that team was a little better defensively with Aluma inside. Yeah. Uh that team was was a little better defensively. This team has been a little inconsistent on the end of the floor. Um, I don't know if they have that type of running. They'll they'll be a tough out, but I I don't know. I don't. They're, they're just not as good defensively they've been in years. I'm gonna go. Out. I'm gonna go with the Hurricanes. I know that's the uh, probably the favorite. That's that's who I'm gonna go with. I, yeah. I they got they got so much talent. I love Jordan Miller, man. I think he's he's really good. good, man. He really, really is. good. They force you to score too. They really force you to score. They're good at almost every position. I mean, their backcourt like they can break you down. They can shoot it on the wing, you know, the inside. I mean, that last game, it's Pitt in Miami. It's it's what it's all going to come down to. It's yeah. going to be a major, ma massive game. All right. Hey, we got to give a, a shout-out to uh, Antoine Davis of Detroit. This guy's about to be the all-time yep. leading scorer in the history of college basketball. Yeah. Crazy. Because they won tonight. They did. They have one more. Well, they play number one in Youngstown State uh, tomorrow. So, we will see. Yeah, my I think he needs 24, right? Or 26. 26. 26. 26 to break crazy. the record. Maravich only did it in like what a year and a half? Is that what he did? It was Eight, 80 crazy. some 80 some Three games. Three years, like right? That. That's, yeah. That's ridiculous. Now yeah. guys are playing six and seven years with COVID. Yeah. yeah. Uh my last question for you guys. This works nice into this conversation. 
Uh, obviously, March is here. It's officially March. What is your or what uh, mid-major tournament should we be looking forward to here as we get into it? Obviously, we all know about the, the high majors. Give me a mid-major tournament we should look out for. I was just talking about that today. Um, hmm. I got one. I'll let these guys think. I, I got Conference USA on my mind. Will Florida Atlantic win it? I think UAB, Jelly Walker could certainly win it. I think North Texas could win it. I like all three of those teams, and it's going to get desperate down the stretch. Hmm. I didn't realize this was that challenging of a question, man. <laughs> no, 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 because I was just I, I, I'm I, so many different. They're all going to be good, RC. Just pick one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it was... I'll go. I'll go with Arch Madness, man. There, always, there you I'll, go. I always loved that tournament, man, because it started early. You know, like uh, it's crazy to think about. Fifteen years ago, there were like four or five teams getting a, a bid to the NCAA tournament. You know that we're at large teams, you know, and and now it's like only team that's getting it is the team that wins. I mean, it's just uh, I, I don't know. It's a lot different than it used to be, but that that term it's always uh always fun to watch. It sort of gets you in the feel for March Madness because it it ends earlier than most. Uh, K Ty in the chat said he's more, most excited for the Pac-12 uh, mid-major tournament. Um. <laughs> oh, that's messed up. RC, I'm still waiting. <laughs> I'll go Conference USA. So all that just to, just to steal Greg's. Answer. I'm, just, I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. I just I just throwing it out there. It's a, no, he loved the answer so much. He it loved the right answer. That's all okay. Right. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, oh, you know what? I'll go to Horizon. I think it's more congested at the top. I think the Horizon will be probably harder. That's a worse answer, RC. You should have stopped at USA. Plus, yeah, I mean, plus, Antoine Davis plays there, so you got that going for him too. <laughs> All right, get to your uh, get to your toast of the night. All right, we will do our toasts of the evening. Uh, you know what? Well, we're gonna put RC back on the spot after the way he handled the last question. RC, you're <laughs> yeah. up first. What are you toasting to? Hey, I got a bunch of toasts actually. I'm I'm conflicted. <laughs> I don't know whether to go with Darius McGee, uh, Antonio. I mean, it it, it you know Davis it. VCU won a, the you know the regular season of the A10, um, but my toast tonight on the Saturday night will be with with Zakai Ziegler, man. I mean, going down like that, you know, this late in the season, off, you know, just a fluke play, and heart goes out to him. You know, we don't know what it is, but we know it isn't good. So, cheers to him and speedy recovery, and prayers to him and his family as he go through his rehab. Sad cheers. All right, to you, Mac. You know, they haven't had the greatest year in the world. I'm gonna I'm gonna toast my man Josh Pastner. Score 96 tonight against they, Syracuse. They're they the playing Boston better, man. They're playing zone. better. They're tough, they're tough out right now. Yep, they are. I got three percent battery power, so I may just end up just disappearing into the night here in about 40 <laughs> seconds. We're about to. Okay. That's okay. Uh, by the way, while we're on that note, let's pour one out for Jim Beheim's two-three zone. Rest in peace. That was pretty to rest tonight. So we'll just pour one out quickly there. Uh, all right, my my toast of the night and my toast of the year. It's gonna get a little sentimental, boys. Uh oh. I have to apologize to one man. That's Bill Self. I doubted him preseason. Okay, I came on here. I already kind of said it a little bit in the show. 
But I said a lot of things preseason on this very program and on other programs. I said that Jalen Wilson couldn't be a first option. I said that they had no point guard. I said that Grady Dick could not be a true scoring 15 guy a night. He was a role player. I said I didn't trust their center spot. I said I didn't know if Bill Self still wanted to coach there. I was hearing things. I thought he was going to sit back, rest his feet, and say I got my final championship. I said all those things. Jayhawks fans, I was wrong. I could not have been more wrong. Your team is awesome. Every single <laughs> one of those things I said was wrong. You are a favorite to win the national championship. So to Bill Self, I will never doubt you again, you sick, awesome basketball coach. Cheers. Says Dagan in his eyebrows. Got to work with what you got, man. Eyebrows are like one of the only. No, I'm saying Dagan was messing with you about your eyebrows. That was oh, not. Just... That wasn't me. That was Yuli in, in the YouTube chat. Oh, it was Yuli. Oh, Yuli okay. in the YouTube yeah. chat. That was not me. Uh, Y'all leave my guy Greg eyebrows alone, man. Thank you, RC. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, fun show all over the place from eyebrows to bubble teams <laughs> to uh, to scoring champions to apologies. It was everything and more. Uh, we'll be back. It's officially March 1st. The entire rest of the season, we've got shows on After Dark every single night, and we have a lot of plans in store once the tournament gets here as well. So make sure you follow along for the ride. For Chris Mack, for Randolph Childress, for Dagan Hughes, my name is Greg Waddell, and we'll see you tomorrow night on After Dark. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.